the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, all about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFL, featuring insider and outsider perspectives. Enjoy the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Now here are your hosts, Jess Root and Seth Cox. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best hour of Cardinals talk on your on the web. I'm your host, Jess Root from CardsWire.com, the Arizona Cardinals site that comes from USA Today's NFL Wire. With me on the line is my co-host, Seth Cox, from RevengeOfTheBirds.com, the Arizona Cardinals site from SB Nation's family of sites. And Seth is also one of the hosts of the original Draft Breakdown podcast. We're in episode 300. 81, the first of two Cardinals-Browns preview shoes. This is our preview picks and prop bets, although we won't be very heavy on prop bets this time around because of so many injuries. Seth, my goodness, we are here, and wow. It both. This is going to be a very uninspiring matchup this weekend, it looks like. Both teams are playing chicken when it comes to the quarterback position the cardinals get a taste of their own medicine as both the cardinals and the browns are not being are are saying they don't know who's going to be their quarterback kyler murray still on pup has been practicing um obviously talked about the josh dobbs trade clayton toon talking like he's the starter um my guess, Clayton Toon, I'm I'm about 95% confident in saying that. While the Browns, they got Deshaun Watson back at practice on Wednesday with a limited uh, participation tag. And if it won't be him, then it'll be P.J. Walker. But it feels like it's probably going to be P.J. Walker versus Clayton Toon, which is, that's border. Like, a game where we're supposed to get Kyler Murray versus Deshaun Watson. That's a premier quarterback matchup. If we get Clayton Toon versus P.J. Walker, that is shades of, you know, Ryan Lindley, Greg McElroy, Vinny Testaverde, Tim Rattay. That's the type of vibe this game is getting right now. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's not overly shocking um, on the Cardinals end, right? But it is a little bit surprising to see that that Deshaun Watson's still struggling with that uh, arm injury and, you know, we'll see how that, that plays out for him because, um, you know, he's, he tried to go against Indy, I believe it was a yeah. couple weeks ago and just couldn't do it and basically re-injured it. I talked to my buddy who's a physical therapist who I'm actually seeing right now and, he was like, you know, that's a that's an injury that takes like if you're a pitcher, usually like six to eight weeks. Like it's not a full season thing, but it's like, you know, six to eight weeks, get your you know, get get to feeling better. And you know, obviously a, a pitcher and a quarterback throw differently, blah, blah, blah. But it's still throwing the ball. It's still in that, you know, shoulder scapula area and you're having strain and issues on that. It's so it's it's unfortunate and then of course murray you know we talked about it like does it make a lot of sense to play him in cleveland against this defense? and i know you know gannon says in it the, has nothing to do with in, who we're playing but about him being ready but i mean that this would be that this would sound like a crazy person to bring kyler back you know with the in with that defense with james connor out imari demarcado been hurt all week 
Um, Michael Wilson, you have no weapons for him. Zach Ertz is on injured reserve, not that he was doing a whole lot. But it would feel like that that doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, you know, so we end up with potentially P.J. Walker versus Clayton <laughs> Toon. Uh, we end up with, you know, Jerome Ford versus Keontae Ingram, Keontae Tony Ingram. Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, the under is set at 37 and a half right now and i feel like that's an easy under uh unless we hear some some positive growth from from guys like like demarcado and wilson heading into the game because it's just it's just getting to the point of you know absurdity which is unfortunate but what we kind of expected coming into this year in terms of well if the if the main guys aren't healthy it's going to be ugly right yeah this game's this game's gonna be rough. So let, let's kind of talk about what the Browns are, and the Browns are a banged up group. Um, we understand how that goes. Obviously, we've been talking about the quarterback position. Deshaun Watson, he's played in four games this season. They're three and one in those games, but he hasn't looked good. Like he hasn't looked anything like the Deshaun Watson in in Houston. Now, I, I had an interesting conversation on, on, a, on one of the preview shows that's going to be coming on Saturday. I've already recorded that one um, with Max Loeb over at the Believe in, in Browns podcast, who, who actually does the, the podcast with former Browns running back and returner Eric Metcalf, who played for the Cardinals for a year in 1998 uh, as well. But he had an interesting take in the fact that he's always felt, and he said it for a long time, that Deshaun Watson's like the his statistical parts were inflated from being on bad Texans teams that were um, that were always behind, and so some of the the dynamic play now what you saw the eye test said great quarterback, but he hasn't even come close to that yet. Last year he looked pedestrian, and this year he's been average at best, yeah, banged up and and average, and you know it's one of the things that. I think a couple uh, fans have talked about it and obviously, uh, you know, something that we have never really thought about it, but, you know, I, because we've never questioned whether Kyler Murray would be back this year, but it's an interesting, you know, it's interesting to look at it and say, Hey, you know, this is basically what you're advocating for with, you know, not playing Murray for the full season, right? Like, obviously, if he's not healthy, there's that's a different conversation. But, you know, this is... But Watson went this, a year and two-thirds without being in a football right. game. And, and, you know, if you don't play Murray this year, you're basically getting to that length of time, right? So why would you want to do... Like, you see how it can... It can cause issues and, and potentially you know sabotage a, an otherwise talented team and obviously the browns had no control over watson playing or not playing and, and that's a conversation for another show that isn't you know talked about by jess and i but like you know this whole like the whole idea that you're just gonna come back in after sitting out a year plus and be like, oh, I'm the same guy. Look at me go. Is is just a, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny to think that that's that's something that people really think can happen. Um, yeah, but you look at this. I mean, you look at this Browns team. Their offense has been plagued by 
just unfortunate circumstances. Like we said, you, you brought up the Deshaun Watson situation. Nick Chubb. Oh my Nick gosh. Chubb. Thankfully the leg didn't die, which most people thought happened when they saw it live, right? Like everybody was just like, well, he'll never play another down again. And, and you know, that may be just because of the injury itself, but uh, it's one of those situations. And, and then from there, you know, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson was awful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, start. and and that's I think another great kind of hey, let's all kind of slow our roll a little bit, right? Right, like, right. Because remember the 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 Browns traded Josh Dobbs to the Cardinals because of DGR's preseason. Right, and then they had to be like, hey, guess what? Well, and, and, and here's the thing. Remember how everyone was ready to just put Clayton Tune out there. Um, DTR had a way better preseason than Clayton Toon did, and as as inconsistently and in some of the bad play we've seen from Josh Dobbs, guess what? Toon isn't even at that level. He might have. He I'll say this: Toon might hit some downfield throws better than than Dobbs did, and even then, uh, I was looking at some stats that from Touchdown Wire uh, that wrote up uh, gave a grade for the the Vikings trade for Josh Dobbs and gave it a B that his deep throw numbers weren't off like. 11 for 30 completion which wasn't terrible and and we know that if he'd have connected on three more then we'd be looking at some elite numbers but he was terrible terrible in the intermediate throws um and and so that's you know and so that's what the browns have dealt with but on the flip side is they have a you know an elite defense uh number one in yards in defensive yards allowed in the nfl Uh, i know some people don't like to use that metric and that's fine i mean there's nothing wrong with that but like they're they're phenomenal in every but they're but they're a top 10 defense scorings too so as long as you get as long as the disparity isn't like like last week with the cardinals they only gave up 268 yards but 31 points that's (laughs) that's where yards don't matter because you're not stopping him. Yeah, that defense is so physical. And if you look at it, that's kind of what's kept them because the, their offensive play has been pedestrian. Their quarterback play has been eh. Like, Deshaun Watson wasn't great. Four touchdowns and three interceptions. The other two quarterbacks, one touchdown and eight interceptions. Yeah, and even last week they lost the game simply because of a decision P.J. Walker made. Yeah, um, Walker you know. was picked off twice. Well, and and if you go back and watch that game against the Seahawks, they were, you know, they were leading 2017, and I think there was less than two minutes to go, and and you know they got picked off, and and people are like, why are you throwing the ball? And it's like, well, like we talked about with Dobbs, like at some point you have to be able to run your offense still. Like it, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, you still need to be able to run your offense, and and you know. PJ Walker hasn't allowed that to happen. Um, you know, yeah, the I mean it was literally I'm looking at the play sheets right now. It was literally third and three with two minutes to go and they threw the ball and Julian Love intercepted it. Um and I mean so it was either the Browns win or not. And um yeah, I mean that's happened. So but you look at it, their defense keeps them in games and then they're they're obviously led by Miles Garrett, who's you know one of the yeah, best de- but defensive players in the NFL. This pass rush is different in the fact that Baltimore gets it from everywhere, and they led the NFL in sacks going to that game with twenty nine. The Browns don't have as many; they have twenty sacks, and 
eight and a half of those come from Miles Garrett alone. Yeah, and then, you know, um, Zadarius Smith hasn't been what they had hoped he would be. Alex Wright hasn't taken that next step. Um, Okaron Quo has two and a half sacks. So he's, he's, a, he's a speed guy. Like he's a, yeah. like a third down speed rusher. Yeah, and so you look at those guys, and you know it, it hasn't been exactly what they were hoping for. But at the same time, when you have Miles Garrett, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> like you're just like, eh, well, I got Miles Garrett. Um, on the flip side, you know they've got good defensive backs. Uh, Denzel Ward is is elite. You know Martin Emerson is coming into his own, um, and Greg Newsom's been a nice uh, a nice slot corner and a guy that's worked out well there for them you know um and then and then they have good safeties in grant delpit and rodney mcleod and so they're they're just a talented overall or sorry juan thornhill's their other safety that's right so grant delpit Juan thornhill and they're just a talented group uh you know i would say they're like weak East area is probably their linebackers. Jeremiah Owosu Kormoa's, you know, he's fine. He's not. And Taki Taki's fine as well. Yeah. And then Anthony Walker. And so, like, they've got, you know, three guys that are super athletes, but I wouldn't say that they're, you know, elite linebackers like last week where you had Roquan Smith, who's probably the best linebacker in football right now. And then, and then a very good Patrick Queen as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, one thing that we looked at last week with the with the Ravens is how they had their weakness in run defense, and we actually saw it. We saw that in the first half, is that the Cardinals were able to run the ball successfully, and it's what basically, uh, you know, aside from the in the aided that first drive with that penalty on third down, that first third down is that the ability to stay on schedule with the run game limited their pass rushing. Cleveland is a better statistical run defense team. In fact, they're in there one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the league in rushing yards allowed, ninety six point seven. Uh, and so they allow less than hundred yards per game. But their the yards per carry is is right at four yards. So that's it. They're they're not shutting people down by any means. Uh, it will be interesting. I will say this: once you take the the run factor out of Josh Dobbs, Clayton Tune is a very athletic quarterback. But I think he is a less of a, I don't know, stylistically, I think Dobbs took advantage of his not only running ability, but his quickness. I, I don't think, is Toon the quick athlete that Dobbs is? I know he can run, but is he more like a Josh Allen runner? Right. And, you know, you look at it and you've got a really good um, front, but they're, like I said, they're a little undisciplined. They make up for it with athleticism. 15th in yards per uh, yards per carry against, so, you know, basically mid, middle of the pack, which is fine. Um, they thrive on getting guys in, in second and third and long. So, like, they they are really aggressive early in downs. Uh, to try to get you into that, you know, second and, and plus or, or third and, and plus six territory. And because then that way they can use their speed athleticism and then obviously Miles Garrett to, to come after you. So like you're saying, like you have to be able to 
get positive even three yards and first down and then three yards and second down because you know third and four is a lot different than third and seven yeah. plus uh um, and then, you know, on the flip side, on offense, we, we mentioned it earlier, you know, obviously the, the devastating injury to Nick Chubb, probably, you know, one of the best running backs of the past decade. Um, he's just been, you know, otherworldly. And, and to see him go down with the injury he did was, you know, it was tough. And, you know, the last five years, you're talking about a guy that's that's consistently putting up 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards and, and um, 10 touchdowns. And so... They went and, you know, they had Jerome Ford. He was their backup, and he's really – he's done a nice job, but he's obviously not Nick Chubb. <laughs> and and you can see that. I mean, last week in the, in the loss of Seattle, 9 for 37. And their win over Indy uh, in that, you know, shootout, he, he went for 11 for 74. But, like, he's kind of – he's not the big play guy threat that uh, – that, that Chubb is. I mean, outside would you of, say that Ford is very it, it, kind of in the same mold as a Demarcado? Reliable. Yeah, yeah, he is, and and so that's what that's what you get from him, and and you see it consistently. And then they brought back Kareem Hunt, who's just kind of a shell of himself now, right? Um, he's not the same guy anymore, um, and so you just. You just look at it from that way. Pierre Strong is kind of starting to um, take a little bit more of those carries. Uh, he had ten for forty-one last week. The week before, eight for twenty-five. And you look at you look at what Kareem Hunt did. Uh, you know, he he had fourteen for fifty-five. So yeah, he has more carries, but it's just he's kind of turned into um, a plotting kind of goal line back if that makes sense you know um less than four yards of carry in every game he's played in the season and like we do with josh dobbs and even though he's been in cleveland and stuff you you can you can be like okay you know we'll take out the first two games where you're out of shape coming off the couch and you know but san francisco good defense obviously um 3.9 yards per carry that any game the other backs are averaging five, six yards a carry. He's averaging three. Um, and then, and then, like I said, last week, he was under four yards a carry again. He's just not the same guy. And and so they're trying to get a little more juice. And I think that's where Pierre Strong comes in. And, and you're noticing, like, we're talking about a lot of running backs because, as you mentioned, P.J. Walker's been really bad. Um, and I think it's one of those situations where we're, we saw kind of a similar – thing to what they're doing with with what the cardinals did with josh dobbs outside of that dobbs actually produced a little better um but you look at it i mean in in the first two games a win over san francisco he was 18 for 34 that's 53 percent with two interceptions and they won that game um <laughs> against indy he goes sub 50 percent completions and throws an interception they won that game and then it finally caught up with them you know 15 for 31 sub 50 percent again his first touchdown pass of the year, but two more interceptions, um, you know, and they lost that game. And, and really they lost that game because of him and his inability to make plays uh, in the passing game. And so I think what they're doing is just they're trying to preserve what could be with DTR as opposed to what is with PJ Walker. Um, 
So we'll see how that goes, you know, because they still have talent at the wide receiver position. Obviously, they just traded Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was coming off, a, you know, a career year last year. But they have Amari Cooper, who's a legitimate, true, you know, bona fide number one receiver um, on pace for a thousand yards again. David Njoku uh, is, a, is a good tight end, a good athletic weapon. You know, he's averaging. He's averaging four catches per game um, on pace for about 800 yards this year. And then you have Elijah Moore, who they traded. I can't remember what type of draft pick. I know they traded a draft pick for him. He was the second-round pick of, of the Jets and never really blossomed there. Who could blame him? But he's never really you know, found his niche right now in in Cleveland, you know, he's got 250 yards receiving on the season in, in eight games. Um, you know, not great. It is what it is. But yeah, the, you can think the passing numbers are underwhelming. Yeah. Just like just like with the Cardinals, honestly. It's, right. it's very similar. Like we know that, just, that Hollywood Brown is, is a very good receiver. And his numbers are pedestrian, but they should be much better. Right. But you also look at it and it's, it's simple things. You know, like you said, it's you look at what they did with donovan people's jones last year he had 840 yards receiving and, and this year he had 97 and they traded him and you know Injoku last year had over 600 yards you know he's got under 300 this year year you know Moore's the only one that's kind of on pace for what he has been but that doesn't change who these guys are and amari cooper is a freak i mean amari cooper's you know a phenomenal phenomenal wide receiver um you know he put up over 1100 yards last year he's you know on pace again for right under 1000 yards but he just and he's averaging almost 16 yards per reception it's just that you know he has 30 catches on the season yeah so, so <laughs> it makes it really hard and so you know this is a pretty simple game and we say this every week but if the cardinals can ask pj walker to beat them you have a chance um the thing is is the thing that Cleveland does pretty well is that they're good run blocking team. Um, I don't know if, if is Joe Batonio back or is he still out? He was like, he was one of the guys on the injury report on, on Wednesday. Let me see if it's, and then I, I know their other guy I think is hurting too. Um, so, Oh, Batonio. No, no, he's good. He, Batonio just was okay. rest. He, he was, he he was a rest day yesterday. He wasn't. He had no designation today. Uh, and then Jedrick Willis. Let me see Jedrick Willis. He he upgraded. He was out yesterday. Limited on Thursday. Okay, so I mean that's the thing is their offensive line is is big, talented, and physical, and they run the ball well. And you know you go Jedrick Willis, Joel Batonio, Ethan Potrick, Wyatt Teller, who's an All Pro, and then and then big Dewan Jones, who's been a revelation as a as a rookie fourth round pick and you know it's it makes it it makes it tough man um so so that's what the cardinals have to do is they have to ask pj walker to beat them they have to do a good job against the run and and force pj walker to beat them force pj walker to throw and then you have you have a shot it doesn't mean you'll win uh but you have a shot but at the same time we look at it and and it's easy to talk about right like can you do enough on offense against what is a an elite defense? Yeah. Coming up next on the Rise Up Series podcast, Mr. Our Cardinals talk on the way. Let's move and look a bit about keys, matchups, and more. That's coming up next on Rise Up Series Red. We're back on the Rise Up Series Red podcast, Mr. Our Cardinals talk on the web. 
Keys and matchups. Seth already brought up some, but obviously, I mean, offensively, especially when we're looking at Clayton Tune, we got no Imari Mercado. I mean, they have to somehow find some success running the ball because you, you can't. You, the Cardinals will stand no chance if Clayton Tune has to drop back forty times. Does do they? Like. Oh yeah, this is yeah. That's uh, that's a recipe for <laughs> well, a disaster. Honestly, and, and we'll talk about predictions. This has the makings of a terribly ugly game that I think might only be enjoyed and not even enjoyed by the fans of the local teams. Like Browns fans and Cardinals fans will be the only teams, only people who would ever watch this game. Right, and I even think many of them will be like, Ugh, "This is this is." bad but it's also a game that like and we'll get to like there's just not a lot to to even like bet on to like try to make it interesting right (laughs) like like this is just a bad matchup between two teams that are kind of polar opposites or or i guess you could say the exact same right now they are basically the same without so like like the cardinals are a you know, great value version defense of, of the Cleveland defense right now. Right. right, exactly. And that's kind of where it's at. Like, you just look at it and you go, I have no idea what to expect. Um, you know, this is this is one of those games where you just kind of go into it and and you say, okay, where where do where does everything fit? And and it starts, you know, up front. Can the Cardinals control the line of scrimmage enough to force PJ Walker to beat them? That's that's a legitimate question that has to be answered, and, and that means they need you know Zayvon Collins, Victor Dimakaji. We haven't heard anything from Dennis Gardeck in a couple of weeks, right? He's been basically silent and and stopped. And then Dante Stills can, has to continue to play well. Yes. Um, if those things don't happen, then you know it's going to be one of those situations where you're going to see Jerome Ford run for close to 100 yards, and you're going to see Pierre Strong, you know, over 60 yards, and and Kareem Hunt's going to run for. 35 yards on 10 carries and two touchdowns like that's <laughs> that's what it's, it's gonna that's cool, what yeah. it's gonna look like if you if you don't if you can't you know make plays at the line of scrimmage and then can marco wilson starling thomas antonio hamilton garrett williams slow down amari cooper that's really the only guy that's that's been a consistent, like you said, yeah. very similar to Marquise Brown, like legitimate, true wide receiver ones, game changer type guys that just haven't had the quarterback play that they've needed to to produce at the level that you would expect from a wide receiver one. And you know, and and again, I I feel like uh, Jalen Thompson, Kaiser White, Josh Woods, uh, Buda Baker will do a, a good enough job on David and Joku, but can the Cardinals that front? four slash three you know create enough um havoc in the run game and you know then the flip side is can the cardinals do anything offensively i mean it's easy to say it's you know offense versus defense but you look at it you know obviously the biggest one is is dj humphrey's going to be able to hold up against miles garrett i mean we're talking about perhaps the premier pass rusher in the NFL, right? Like, and, and in fairness, um, Garrett pretty much, like, he's 
over uh, he's at the edge on first and second down but he like he's it's inside yeah he, all of those linemen are going to have to deal with Garrett all of them right and 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 so you know those are those are legitimate questions that have to be answered if we're going to see this team even compete and and you know this is a it's very similar to last week in terms of what we're looking at, but it's different in the sense of there's one guy, um, you know, there's, there is miles Garrett and he's a freak and he's been a freak every game. Um, he hasn't had any issues this season, right? Getting, getting his pass rush off and, and being the dominant force. Uh, so can the Cardinals find a way to slow him down? And and that's not, you know, a negative thing. That's just a realistic thing. Yeah, and that that's where being able to find some modicum of success in the run game so you're not third and seven, but you're third and four. Right, because you just can't. I mean, the reality is you just can't let him pin his ears back and go because it doesn't matter if you've got, you know, a prime um, Trent Williams there, like that dude wins, and and, and we saw and we've seen and we saw in the preseason that Tune will make a read mistake like that one. It, it the final preseason game when he just got leveled on a blitz that an unblocked blitzer that he just didn't know was coming. Right, and you know, again, that comes back to them being able to to protect him, and that comes back to. Them being able to get him in position to be successful, and and we'll see how that all works out. But you know, right now it's been less than optimal, um, and and so we'll see how how they work it. But you know, I think when you look at the whole situation, they're in a position where they could probably. Um, keep up but like you said it's got it's gonna have to be a a team effort they're going to have to get something out of their run game and if they're missing you know obviously if kyler's not playing like we expect and then they're missing amari di mercado it's going to be a lot to ask these these new guys um or guys like um guys like keontae ingram who have not done it yet to do it. And so that's that's what it's going to come down to. I think uh, an intriguing matchup, individual matchup to watch is, is Hollywood against Denzel Ward, um, assuming that he would be the one most likely to do it. Mar- you know, Emerson is a possibility, but I think he they, they like him more for size. And if it were Michael Wilson, Michael Wilson's playing, you, you like to yeah, see that matchup. And, It'll probably be Zach Pascoe out there. Or, and I don't or think maybe people... even a little bit of... Um, I mean, we'll probably see a lot more tight end stuff. So Trey McBride, I think, then becomes really, really important in this game. Well, and I don't think we expected or or even understand what Michael Wilson has meant to this offense, even though his numbers are incredibly modest, um, because he is kind of the guy that, that gives them a big, big body play type of guy. And... So we'll see, man. Like, it's it's a rough week to be very injured, right? Yeah, well, both teams are ridiculous right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing is, like, we knew that this was happening, you know, for the Cardinals this season. But at the same time, we didn't expect it 
to be this drastic, right? No, no. Coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red podcast, the best of Cardinals talk on the web. It's time for predictions, uh, picks, predictions, and some minor prop bets. That's coming up next on the Rise Up Sea Red. We're back on the Rise of Seward podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. Time to make our picks and predictions. Uh, if, if you had to pick, Seth, before we go to the score, how many turnovers do we have in this game combined? Mm, five. I say five. four, and both teams will have them. I, I, I can almost guarantee, I wish, I, I don't think there, there was a prop for turnovers, but... Not yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel this game is going to is going to be mistake ridden. How many missed field goals? Will there be any uh, missed field goals? There is okay, sorry. There are some props for fumbles lost. Ah. That's it though. I don't know. So like, there's no there's no interceptions or anything. They're probably not going to put them on the board this week. They're like, we ain't, we ain't <laughs> well, until they know, like that. until they know for sure who's playing quarterback. I think that's the that's yeah, the that's the thing. standard operating procedure. Uh, yeah. So I think I think when you look at it, you're going to see um, at least one Dustin Hopkins. You know, but again, like even in these games, we don't have any kicking props. No, which is which is crazy. Oh. Although. I was so like, come on, <laughs> like, like we've been hammering the kicking props and then they're like, nope, not this week. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so week. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, there's a couple, you know, situations and we'll see how this all kind of plays itself out. But I think right now, um, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's going to be a sloppy game. There's still, you know, it's Cleveland. I, I was harping on it the other day. Weather in the Midwest is so much different here or been here but and and there's you know a slight chance of rain but it's definitely supposed to rain on monday which means it could rain on sunday and so you have to look at that and go well we'll see how it goes because there's already it's already going to be sloppy right yeah though the interesting fact you know that that the browns have not beaten the cardinals since 2003 yeah well i'm guessing that both you and i think that changes this weekend yeah and by the way the the games we have been most confident in losses in we've been wrong the cowboys <laughs> game and then the we team, thought that we thought that the ravens were going to blow them out of the water and yeah and they just like didn't show up and so we're very confident in in what's going to happen but you know they're as much as it is a cliche, like the any given Sunday thing is real because you're talking about, you're talking about, you know, the human element of things. And, and so we'll see how that works out because like you said, the kicking game kind of favors the Cardinals. The Cardinals have done a really nice job in terms of, um, you know, making it, difficult the last two weeks on on offenses i i won't say they've done a good job offensive or defensively i think that's strong but i there there's been improvements and they're making teams work harder to get what they're getting um that being said (laughs) you know we look at it so there's an eight and a half point spread i mean we both feel the cardinals will not win this game but do you think that the browns cover 
and it is down to seven and a half on DraftKings oh, right now. It's, so it's like, still eight and a half on BetMGM. Seven and a half. That's 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 interesting. I, especially if it's PJ Walker, I have no confidence in the Browns' offense to be able to pull away. No, not whatsoever. And so, and so if, if if we're at plus eight and a half, I told I very much like the Cardinals at plus eight and a half. Yeah, and you look at it; it's it's a tough that. I don't think people realize how bad he has been to get to that, you know, to get to that part or that point where you and I are both like, oh, like this is <laughs> like because it's a lot easier when you're talking about Geno Smith, who's, you know, has a record or a track record of of playing extremely well. Or you, you know, you obviously have Lamar Jackson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl like those guys are easy to look at and go okay this you know this guy's phenomenal but on the flip side um to see to see pj walker over there you're like i just like pj walker is gonna beat them like come on he's done it before he has he is one and oh against the cardinals (laughs) yeah and but that's the thing too is like that was a fluky well, that was that was the Cam that, that was the PJ Walker started, but Cam Newton played game. Yeah, and it was a fluky thing in the sense that um, that the Cardinals just didn't play well at all that game, right? Oh. Like it was just a bad game, and so you know, I look at it, I don't seven seven and below, I can see. Uh, so a touchdown gets you a push uh six you know and below i I can definitely see that i I, i'm even comfortable taking that but man over a touchdown just the way that they've played it just seems like a lot to ask because you look at their their wins with pj walker and it's not like they're winning impressively it's and it's one win (laughs) they've had one win when he started (laughs) right no, 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 because they beat the 49ers when he came in. Or when he no, he started that game, didn't he? Um, Against the Niners. To this, I thought he did, but maybe I'm wrong. They are three and one when Watson starts. One and one when PJ starts, and so I, I'm guessing. Oh, he that's must, right. He no, must've... he didn't. He didn't. No, he didn't start the indie game. That's right. That's right. He because Watson got knocked out. Yeah. So that's what it was. So, and so, but I mean, Watson played one series and threw an interception. So, <laughs> and, 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 but the, my point being on that, and I know that San Francisco is a far superior team to Arizona. So there's, it's kind of night and day. But you look at it, they won that game 1917. They beat and only the, won that because Jake Moody missed the field. Like Brock Purdy having a terrible game took them down for a right. game winning field goal and Moody just went. And and then you look at the next week, and they beat. Even though there's a lot of points, and I don't think you and I see this happening, they beat Indy thirty nine thirty eight. And and so you look at both of those situations, and you're talking, you're not talking, you know, covering eight and a half. And I know the Cardinals are bad. I'm not, I'm not dis, you know, disputing that reality, but. Eight and a half is a lot, man, for a team that has not won by more than that since week three <laughs> in this season. And that was and that was their one game. You're like, oh, Watson might have it. 
Yeah, and I don't even think did he play that well that game? Uh yeah, he played well that game. Okay. That was his best game, you're right. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, you're just looking at it and you're just I mean, they they beat or they lost the Ravens by four touchdowns. Uh, you know, and like I said, three points combined to beat San Fran and, and Indy. Like it's it's not like are they the superior team? I don't think you and I would dispute that in the least. I think we well, both and like, honestly, absolutely. I think, I think this game is has a chance. Like the Cardinals could win this game just because of how bad Cleveland's offense and and if Clayton too does anything at all, do I? I don't. I'm not predicting a win, but I do. I do like the Cardinals to cover. In fact, I even like it. Like even if it's not a seven, I still like the Cardinals to cover. I think it's going to be a two, a four, a three, or a four point game. Like my personal pick is, I, I don't know which score to say. I don't want to say twenty one seventeen. I, I kind of want to say that, but that means three touchdown drives by by the Browns. And I feel more confident in them doing two touchdown drives and two field goals. So either 2017 or 2117, but also that, which means I have no confidence in the total because it's set at 37 and a half. And right. I, I can't pick whether it's going to be 2017, 37 or 28, uh, 21, 17, 38. So if, if that total climbs up to 40, okay. If it climbs up to 40, 40.5, maybe 39.5, I'd be willing to I'd be willing to hit the hit the under on this game. But I think this will be just an incredibly ugly game um, with both teams in, in, uh, 20, 20 to 17, 21, 17. One of those two scores, it'll be that. And 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 both te- both quarterbacks will look bad and tune will have a couple of moments. But I think overall it'll be you. Yeah, and I think you're right on that. I do think that Cleveland wins and covers only because I'm thinking more about how this how they have looked um on on defense and I think that, you know, starting a rookie in, in, in this situation that they end up, you know, you do see some mistakes and they end up getting um uh, a defensive score. So I I've got it twenty three to ten okay. Cleveland. Um with a defensive score. So Ooh. two offensive scores or, or one offense score, two defensive or one defensive score and then Some three field goals. Ooh, yeah. That's a lot of score. That's a lot of scoring drives. So in terms of props, there is a when I was cause I had to do that for for our network our network article that we do every week for uh, touchdown wire where every every editor makes a bet on the game related to the team. And there are no player props. Absolutely no player props right now because too many players are injured. The Their status is just too up in the air. The one that I picked that I felt really good about, I feel really good about this one actually, and has really nice plus odds, it is, it is both teams scoring one or more touchdowns in the first half. And if we just look back at the Cardinals trends, they've scored a first, a first half touchdown in all games but the Rams game. So in seven of eight games, they've scored a first-half touchdown. That's feel confident about that. They have also allowed a first-half touchdown in six of their eight games. And so at plus 130, I really like that. that if, if Of anything else, I'm like, that's a really good value for something that seems like a, it, it seems like a really good bet. 
Yeah, I think you're right on that. And that's, you know, that's one to, to definitely watch. Uh, there are a few player props on DraftKings. Um, and the only player props they're offering on DraftKings right now are touchdown scorers. So the first one I would look at because one of the things I think you and I have been most impressed with this year is the opening script. Um, We've seen them do an excellent, excellent job putting their offense or defense in a position to make plays early in a game. Um, Now, after the opening script, yes, it's been ugly to unwatchable at times. However, the the Browns are heavy, heavy number favorites to to score the first touchdown. Um, the Cardinals are much different. Amari Mercado is still their top guy at plus 1,200. He may not even play. I don't know if you're going to see Marquise Brown or Trey McBride score the first touchdown. That seems, that seems like a lot to is, ask. Is Toon mentioned in those? Uh, he is. And so that's where I was going to go with this. So uh, Keontae Ingram right now is plus 1,800. Rondell Moore is plus 1,800. And Clayton Toon is plus 2,500. Ooh, those are juicy. And so it's, you know, obviously something you want to bet very, very little on. Um, maybe $5, like max type of thing where you're, you know, winning $70 on a $5 bet or, you know, if Clayton Toon hits $125, right? But the other one that I do like is Clayton Toon anytime touchdown in case the Browns do get the ball first and are able to kind of establish a, a run dominant thing. Clayton Toon anytime touchdown scores plus 650. Ooh. So those those both are intriguing to me. Um, from there, I mean, you kind of got a lot of chalk. Like I said, if you want to do first touchdown for the Browns, Plus 650 for Jerome Ford or Kareem Hunt is actually still a really good number. Uh, just obviously you're not going to be able to get as much. I'm actually surprised. And so take a look at, at, at BetMGM when, if and when they put these player props up. Jess and I are projecting, predicting, guessing Saturday after inactives are announced. Um once they confirm that, you know, Deshaun Watson won't play and that Kyler Murray won't play. Uh, but Kareem Hunt, two plus touchdowns, plus 950. Jerome Forge, plus 1,200. I think that's a little low, uh, especially for, for Hunt. Um, you want to be a plus over plus 1,000 on any of those. So, you know, if you if you get that on BetMGM, I think that's a better one. But one I do like, Kareem Hunt, plus three touchdowns, and neither Jess or I think it's going to happen, but if they do score three touchdowns in their methodical plotting drives and it's Kareem Hunt, he's plus 5,000. Um, the Cardinals have given up three touchdowns to two players this year. So that's not necessarily a bad bet. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey had four, and then last uh, last week Gus Edwards had three. So it's definitely not the worst uh, bet. And then – you know, you look at those, it's just, I think those are the, the nice ones. Um, it's interesting because 
the Cleveland Browns defense special teams to score touchdowns. So something I've talked about plus 2,200 or sorry, plus 550. So really, really, really not a good, not good juice on that because you're talking about a defense scoring, even though I think it's going to happen. It's just, I don't like, I don't like the the return on that. So those are, those are ones I like, um, you know, looking at it, but the, you know, there's some intriguing, intriguing lines, um i i like the winning margin there's a couple of bets i like um and if you want to take both to kind of hedge one against the other browns one to six that that that's like my range browns one to six which is plus 310 or brown seven to 12 which is your range of the victory at plus 350 where if you make two even bets on either one of the for both of those then you're still hitting it about 155 plus 160 uh, in those winnings, if you know, assuming that <laughs> assuming that the final score falls into that the Browns win by between one and twelve points, yeah, and I, you know, this is a it's it's a strange week because we just don't have very much to go off of, right? And so when you look at it, you're you're guessing and kind of hoping, and we'll see how it works out because this is. This is the first week we haven't had a lot of props, so we're hoping next week when um, Kyler Murray's back officially that we'll see we'll see that flip. But for now, I don't. You know, it's not the best preview for the props that we could have <laughs> offered because there's just there's just not very many to choose from, man. There aren't. And with that, we will wrap up this edition of the Rise of Red podcast, best of Cardinals talk on the web. Uh, we have Max Loeb from Believe in, in Browns podcast network uh, podcast coming up tomorrow. Seth and I will return on Tuesday night recording, which means you will get it likely on Wednesday sometime. Uh, this is episode 381. Um, 481, I'm sorry, 481. We're almost at 500 shows, Seth. Uh, That's Seth Cox. I'm Jess Root. Thanks for listening. We will be back again soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Rise Up Sea Red podcast. Listen to previous episodes and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Audioboom, or many other podcast platforms so shows are delivered directly to your mobile device. Please give the show a five-star rating and always support the sponsors who support the show. We'll be back soon for the best hour of Cardinals talk on the web. Rise up Red Sea, be Red Sea Red, and of course, rise up Sea Red.